Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Post extra time. I'm your host, Chris. That is your host, Chris. Uh, back in his corner with baby, I've got Ryan. Hello. How's the fence? Still broken. Oh, you've not fixed it. You've been no. all week. The weather's been good. I've been working all week. Oh, you've had a weekend last weekend. I did. I did actually work last weekend as well. So technically, oh, go on. Then. We'll let you off. Time. We'll let you off. Uh, I got Justin. How are you? I'm fine. How's everyone? Cool, thank you very much. And we got Jesse. Chris, I love that Dirty Dancing reference. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, right, last week, because uh, Ryan was hosting, I didn't get a chance to mention this, but I was driving in my car to Five-A-Side Football, of which Justin, I'll probably need some more help. Um, and the last song before I got out of the car was Flashdance. Uh, and I felt great when I got out of the car. I and it's better than any sort of motivational musical speech you'll ever hear. So I recommend that. But guys, what song would you have to get your blood pumping? Ooh, that's a tough one. Didn't Ryan ask us that a, a few months ago? Did he? And I had a terrible answer. It wasn't, it wasn't songs to get your blood pumping. It was songs that you just like whenever you, you, you go looking, you need to listen to any form of music and you, that's oh, your okay. go-to song. So we need just, a blood pumping song? Well, yeah, but yeah, it, I don't start playing football till nine o'clock, so I'm often very tired when I get there. And the last thing I want to do is run around a pitch for an hour. But as soon as I heard Flashdance, I got out of the car, I felt I could take on the world. I've got one. Really good one. I think I've got one as well, actually. But I need to Google okay. it first. Go on then, guys. What you got? When you, especially when the energy is down and you really need to be pumped up a little bit. Um, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> okay. Is it the ship that sank? Yes. Okay, I'll Google that one. Uh, it, yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, that is the most <laughs> you've ever gotten. <laughs> ever got? Justin, like, I was oh. I was going with you. <laughs> I was waiting for an explanation. <laughs> Now, if you've ever got people in your house and you want them to leave, if you've had a dinner party, <laughs> play that song. I'll get them to go. Go on then. It's, right. it's got to be tough thumping, right? No. Or... Ryan, you've got it. Tough thumping. You know, you, you need your. You know, you need, <laughs> you need to. Yeah, yeah, you need to like. You know, get, you want to get back up again. How does that go, Ryan? I've forgotten. If when you get knocked down, I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs> you know, if you get knocked down, you get back up again. Take a whiskey drink. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. I don't know if I... Ryan, can you... Does it have another verse? <laughs> it doesn't, sorry. Oh. I've actually got a real one. Go on then. Big City by Spaceman 3. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Tune, as they say. Uh, Jesse, go on, what's yours? Mine 
is probably like half the Hamilton soundtrack, but I think <laughs> um, Yorktown, like the Battle of Yorktown. Okay. Well, there you go, listeners. Put those on and you'll feel a million times better. Uh, we're going to talk about the Carabao Cup first of all. We've got plenty of things to get through this week. Oh, uh, before I do, um, Christian Pulisic's tweet tonight. Has anyone seen that? Is this the, uh, he wasn't a good player or he, he succeeds despite American football? Yes. Not because it was something like that. Someone wrote an article <laughs> for The Guardian saying Christian Pulisic has succeeded um, in spite of his American football or soccer upbringing rather than because of it. And he's replied saying, um, I'm sure I was pretty good till I was 16. Justin, how do you weigh in or wade into this week and a half of like histrionic xenophobic pick your adjective american football social media hysteria when we are not even in any kind of competition and should just like check out and take off and like just be iceland fans but <laughs> between this and the gonzales hysterics on twitter i i'm so i i want i'm looking around thinking like why is anybody a fan of the u.s men's national team at this point How, what? you might need to explain to explain the gonzalez one that's that's the player who chose to play for mexico over the u.s for those who don't know where was he right. born and he was born in the u.s to mexican parents so he has dual citizenship um and and it is his right to he's he played just am I right that he played? He has played for um, the U.S. in a he's been, yeah a youth, he's been, as a youth player, right? Capped it, capped it uh, at, at youth national team levels, which of course doesn't cap time. But but yeah, and so again, that's caused kind of a, a national hysteria and and hand wringing and, and soul searching here. I I would I would play for Mexico over the United <laughs> States if if I were a dual citizen. I'm not. Uh, but if you're saying, would you play your your you know home internationals at the Azteca in front of a hundred thousand people? Yes, I would take yeah, and, that. And that's also your. I mean, look, this is not even a Roberto Carlos changing his citizenship situation. This is a you're playing for your, you know, one of your citizenships, one of your nationalities, and he has gotten the most vitriolic hatred. <laughs> yeah, he him. has. I, I mean that that. Um... There's always going to be an element, um, even uh, even with with the game being followed by a a, a left in this country for the most part, a slightly progressive crowd. There's still, um, you know, in this country we are well. I think I think it's kind of universal when we see it when it's poppy wearing time in England. But um, there's a there's a a, a, a PC culture here that is very different from political correctness i call it patriotic correctness oh and, that's good yeah Justin, should... right and there there are people who absolutely insist there is only one way uh, to be a real american and so they will they will pour a lot of hate and scorn on someone that makes a choice like that regarding pulisic it's it's that's more complicated um, he's obviously a very talented player he's obviously a very good player he's performing for dortmund at the highest levels and in the champions league etc um it's 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 simply um it's it's flawed logic to say he has succeeded in spite of his development in this country because this is in fact where he developed so something must have been done right 
it is accurate to say that he is the only one that we have produced at that level thus far. And so, quite rightly, you would say there's a lot of work to be done on the development side here, and, and he is more of an outlier than anything else at this point. Okie dokie. I just find it quite interesting. I wonder what your guys' take was being from the same neck of the woods as him. Um, right. We will start, as I said, with the Carabao Cup, first of all. Uh, right. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Braid Bristol City or Chelsea nil, Arsenal nil? Bristol City. Go on. We'll start with Bristol City then. They were pretty good. When they took the lead through Ruben Reed. Is it Ruben Reed? Bobby Reed. Ruben Reed I... played for Plymouth, didn't he? The fact will believe you no matter what you say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they took the lead from the penalty spot after a John Stone foul. Uh, a rather wonderful Aiden Flint clearance. Who saw this? Clearance? Yeah, this is the ball coming through, uh, chipped over the keeper. It's about to dip in underneath the crossbar. Aiden Flint leaps off. I think he's got his back to the play. Uh, he's facing the goal and he manages to sort of lift his head up and head it over. This is fantastic. Oh yes, no, I did see that. Actually. So it's been a few days. It's my my brain's like mush. You've been thinking about yes. fences since then. Exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, they gave a pretty good account of themselves. Better than many Premier League teams this, that, that have done so. I remember Manchester United in the nineteen nineties when they were pretty much the sort of unstoppable behemoth that they were. They that struggled against teams that went there to Old Trafford and had a go. Plenty of teams went there and played one up front and five across the middle. But I remember Derby County going there and having to go and pile a one-chop score in that rather mazy dribbled winner. If you take your play to these teams, you leave yourself exposed. But sorry, you're going to lose anyway. You might as well have a go, shouldn't you, Ryan? Definitely. And, and I mean, obviously they proved it against United as well. You know, why... I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, why go to a, a team like Man City and, and put uh, 21, uh, 11 people behind the ball, you know? How about 21? Sorry, it's because 21 popped up on my screen for some reason. Um, <laughs> so I was like, 20, no. Uh, yeah, so, you know, put all men behind the ball. Big and... breasts. Oh, no. Guess what I'm looking at? <laughs> you have 21 breasts? What's happening right now? <laughs> Sorry, go on, carry on. Yeah, Very so, you know, if you, put, if you put, like, 11 people on the ball, Man City will, will, will eventually punish you, or anything for that matter, that's that sort of, you know, on an unstoppable force. And it's almost... Bristol City have just gone, well, let's just play with our normal tactics and, and, and then we'll go from there. Lee Johnson's uh, a very nice great. man. Lee Johnson seems a very nice man, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah. Very he... genuine. Sorry? Very genuine. He does. He seems a nice lad. He, um, this is also the stage where I'm starting to feel old because there are, there are football league and Premier League managers younger than myself, which is always never good to see. Um, but... He had a very sticky time last year, didn't he? He lost, or they, they didn't win for something like 13 games, but the club stuck by him. Uh, and they took over 7,500 fans to the Etihad, which was the most ever for an away trip. Justin and Jesse, can they do it on the return leg back in Bristol? Can they? Yes. Will they? Yeah. Oh. I don't... Oh... <laughs> Go on, get, build up a case for them then. Why, why could they do it? Because I think these are the kind of cups where there is this sort of why not mentality. Mm. They're not out of it uh, in the second leg, are they? They're only one goal behind. Right. And, and I don't know, one goal behind is that, like, 
that's that's where you can have that magic of just enthusiasm and energy and what do you have to lose coffee team yes you you know seize the 21 breasts and go for it (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) we're all wanting to do that from time to time right i mean i've never had that moment (laughs) i mean if you're not just you know Maybe that's where I've gone wrong in my life. Manchester City were querying the lines on Bristol City's pitch. Did anybody see this? Oh, I didn't see that one, no. Uh, they were querying the lines on the Bristol City pitch. They thought it was some kind of tactical um, ingenuity or sort of tactical master plan to get one over Manchester City until Bristol City pointed out that, no, they're for the rugby team that also play there. Even that, you know, to show... If, if Manchester City are... Um, spooked enough or care enough to question that maybe that goes to show that either they're not taking this cup as seriously as their other tournaments which obviously they're not then you know this is bristol city shot i don't know i just always feel like like these are the moments when these you know smaller teams or whatever word you want to use just have that capacity for um miracles i sound like such a horrible trailer for some you know, Disney movie, but <laughs> it's such a or Pocahontas or something. It's like you know, it's like it's like Jake Gyllenhaal will star in the movie about you know Bristol City's forward who comes off the bench in the seventieth minute and and scores the winning goal against Manchester City, and there'll be some like soaring background music, and it'll be, I'm, I don't know, it's like soccer dog choice award winner. Like what? Soccer Dog. Has anyone seen Soccer Dog? It, 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 that's exactly nah. what this movie is going to be. <laughs> Have you seen Soccer Dog? It'll be. <laughs> of course, I've seen Soccer Dog. <laughs> it, the only movie I could think of was that um, goal, the thing where he like moves, to, he plays for like Newcastle. Oh my god, that was he goes to Real a terrible movie, and I owned it on VHS. There's three of them. <laughs> what? There's like Why? three goal films. There are what happened after the first one? There's no <laughs> go from there. What, does he get traded? Does he go to Manchester City? No, he goes to loads of different places. Well, I don't understand. Why? Why would anyone make a sequel to that? Can I just say that I wrote a parody of Goal? Did, did you? you? I did. Why have you been keeping this a secret yeah, from us? Yeah, we want it now. I, I used to write this blog um, that was sort of just satirical football news, and... Um, I absolutely never drew any attention to it. I never tweeted out anything about it. I did it just for my own. You need to start. (laughs) It's incredibly dated. I haven't, I did it six, seven, eight years ago. And so now there's stories about Martin Yole and people like that, you know, Um, but there, but that is on there. I'll I'll see if I can dig it up and I'll. Please tell us that you're going to send it to us. I I was, you know, in that way that you're like an American and you're desperate for any soccer, anything that you can get thought Ben that like Beckham was like the best thing ever created because you can only compare it to goal, which was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, that is a, it's a truly awful film. He sits there quietly and then comes out with these little nuggets like this or these pearls. Of I know. He's like the guy in the commitments that played the saxophone, isn't he? Remember when all of a sudden he was like, remember when I was a professional soccer player? Remember when that yeah. happened? <laughs> I've, just, uh, I've just found the blog. I'd forgotten what I called it. It's called World Football News from the World. <laughs> yeah, gonna have to... remember, when, remember when Justin was like, oh yeah, remember that book that I wrote? Yes. Um, the last time I posted was an article in 2014, and it was called Five Football Derbies You Must Haunt After You Die. 
Remember, Justin was like, oh, remember when I saved those babies in the burning building? Remember when I was like, <laughs> you might like this one, Ryan. This is from uh, 2010, prior to the 2010 World Cup. John Terry insists England can watch the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. Do you remember that time when I was president and I introduced the universal healthcare system? Uh, I feel like I feel like the uh, I feel like the titles of these are much better than the actual. No, I'm sure that's not the case. Of... I'm sure that's not the case. Oh. I mean, titles are all that matter. We know this from our president. Give us more. One more. Uh, lovable Jimmy Bullard quote: "I've done me knee gov." <laughs> Where can we find these? Uh, so I'm going to give you one more. Joey Barton quote: "This will be the year I get my career back on track and finally kill." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll direct message them to you. I, I I'm not going to release these to the greater public. Okay. Oh, that's so mean. You should bring them back because they're great. <laughs> oh, we look forward to those listeners. If Justin ever falls out with us and leaves the podcast, we'll um we'll put them up on the Man of the Post website. <laughs> oh, I feel like these are a gift. Like we should we should put them out like one on every holiday or like for someone has like a really really bad week. We'll just be like, here you go. Uh, Carabao Cup also had Chelsea nil versus uh, or Chelsea nil Arsenal nil. Right, controversy. Video replays. Is it VAR or VAR? VAR. Okay. And did they get it all right? Arguable. I think it's um. <laughs> there was a pen. There was a was it a penalty shout where it was pretty much the exact same as the last Chelsea Arsenal game where someone's been kicked on the underside of their boot but in this game it didn't get given for Arsenal um, now I always I don't know why I thought VAR was literally the referee could go look at the screen and then review his decision but but really what happened is instead of having so you've got your referee your linesman your fourth official and then and then another ref watching the game pretty you might as well as we be watching Sky Sports. <laughs> Maybe Paul Merson and Phil Thompson should be reviewing it. Well Maybe. <laughs> but it just it it just seems really bizarre because they're just like he, the referee obviously just sits there, watches all the replays and in it, it's it's still gonna be an objective decision. In, in sorry, it's, it's you know like Right, it's, it's never going referee, to be perfect. Yeah, because... if it's a different 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 referee on a different day more than likely, the decision is going to be different. And you, you, the the ref himself has to agree to accept the decision. But there, but I think you know, there's always going to be human error, and and but that's sort of what we accept and love hate about the game is is everybody is human. Um, so you know, th- this is just sort of. A firewall, a band-aid, uh, one extra step. Um, but you know, the ref first has to agree to rewatch or or give VAR a chance. So that's one thing. Um, and one ref is going to say yes, I'll give this call a, a shot at VAR. A VAR? I don't know. We're using this as a verb now. A, a, <laughs> yes, I'll var this one. <laughs> to var. <laughs> there you go. Um, so one ref is going to say yes, and one ref is going to say no to that one, and then that VAR ref, oh god, I hate this whole vocabulary, has to VAR it, and then VAR his opinion back to the ref, or her opinion, yeah. and then and then ref number one 
um, Mike Dean has to then accept or not accept. So, you know, there's just, I think it, it is a, um, there's a checks and balance system that has to, uh, work or not work. I mean, Martin Tyler made a good, a good point. I don't know if you saw any of his comments on it. Um, he said there's never going to be an Aguero moment again, like um, when City won the league, because every goal is going to be scrutinised in some way or another by VAR. Sure, but there's also never going to be a, or hopefully not, a Thierry Henry taking France to the World Cup with a hand of God moment. But do, do you not think that thing, like the game did slow down when they did it. It wasn't, it, it was a lot better from what I've seen in other leagues. You know, it wasn't every single decision got sort of stopped it was it was only a couple here or there but it sort of just takes the the whole point of football is that it, it's a big conversation beat afterwards if it's, yeah. it's it's officially like well that's where the line is you know it's decided then there's no there's no discussion afterwards which sort of def- for me defeats the point i think we saw some of it in monday's game who saw monday's game palace versus brighton I didn't. I wasn't able to find a stream for that one, okay. which is frustrating. Uh, well, basically, it was the last minute, and there was a header that went down across goal and in off of Glenn Murray's knee. Uh, and BT Sport were desperate to try and find some kind of VAR controversy with it. Um, Roy Hodgson insisted it was handball. He said he could see it from where he was which is about 50 yards away through a whole load of people and when they replayed it guess what there was no handball well this is interesting actually you're saying about bt sport trying to push like their agenda on it um they even put it up on their youtube channel afterwards and it says did var make the right call and you're right that the um presenter was very so it's got it wrong has it or has it got it wrong steve or something like that and they were really pushing yeah that was, Lindsay that was, wrong, she was yeah she was desperate for it to be really wrong. trying to push it and and it was a case of well no the replays and, and the, the question was i thought they were talking about maybe he was offside or something because his hand was from what i could tell nowhere near the ball exactly exactly <laughs> i don't know what they were trying to prove or not prove and i'm really hard to i think it, it's silly when a manager says well i could see it from there well you clearly you're, couldn't. You, you're massively miles away. <laughs> I mean, Roy Hudson's he's getting up there as well. We don't know what his eyesight's like. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Justin, what's uh, more fun than VAR controversy? Uh, say that one more time. What would be more? What would be more fun than VAR controversy? More fun than VAR controversy? Almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> Two grown men arguing during press conferences. Or trading press conference <laughs> insults. Oh, are we Ooh, talking oh about no. Conte and Mourinho? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Are we into that? Is it funny, tedious? Um... It's it's so tedious. Um, you know, and, and Mourinho took it into an area uh, where a lot of people raised their eyebrows with the whole match-fixing comment, which, you know, Conte not, wasn't ever actually convicted of that. But... Um, it, it uh, it's nonetheless very tedious. It's an old, tired act. Not not just him, but just in general. Um, but I always wonder what 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 the expected resolution is going to be. What what's going to come from it? Uh, and there's just there's no winners in it. Um, the, the the era, the mind games era. You know, people talk about Sir Alex Ferguson, and and um, he did have a couple of notable triumphant moments that I don't think would, would have played out the same in, in, 
in today's world with social media and, and instant availability of video and all that. So um, it's just a different time and a different era, and, and I don't think anyone wins when you get involved in those things. It's it's just kind of boring now to me. No one has mentioned any eye-poking. Um, I'm surprised Conte didn't go there after the uh, match-fixing comments. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the problems with getting involved in something like that is, you know, your own uh, history is 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 now laid bare, and and there's there's plenty of ammo um, for others to come after you, and particularly as as you say the eye gouging thing, which was just utterly weird. Um, you know, eh, nobody's mentioned you know Conte's bull haircut yet, but that could come up. Oh no! no I think someone. I think someone actually. Somebody did mention it. They hair. did. I yeah. missed it. Okay. Yeah. Someone's. I think one of Mourinho's friends or something. Yeah, which I is can't... such a low blow. First of all, Mourinho of all people, there is so much ammo that you could use on Mourinho as yep. a person. Let alone his actual football career. Right. So can you imagine don't... his friends? Can you imagine the? Oh my God! The type of friends he's got. But like, <laughs> this is such a distraction. Like, this is just so... I have zero patience for this bullshit. And then he tries, taking does, the, he tries taking the moral high ground, though, doesn't he, as well? He ha- he, the man... The fact that you're using the word moral and Mourinho <laughs> in the same breath is so... This ridiculous. is what he does. He, he deflects away from his team because when his team aren't performing to the standards that he of sets course. out for them... He does whatever he can so people don't talk about his team or the fact that Lukaku's not scoring many goals or anything like that and Ibrahimovic isn't working out as well as he'd hoped. You know, you've got all these little things and I think he's popped up on the news this more like this morning or today. because um, he's ended the feud now. Jose's the one to end the feud. Yeah, between he's him and Conte. So, so he's, he's taking the home well, well, you know, whatever was said, I'm ending it. Well, but how yeah. would you guys feel about this? It, you know, it, Ryan, when 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 he was at Chelsea, you know, is this the kind? And I'm really, I know, I'm not, I don't mean to sound um, snide. Is mm-hmm. is this the kind of manager? Do you want a manager who brings the, his own like outsized personality? Is that is that sort of is that a draw? Well, um, I I like personality. I, I want my manager to have a bit of a personality and, and, and you know in press conferences have a little quip at something because I think it does make things more interesting. It, you know where this little battle like war of words has gone is is a bit ridiculous. You know we already talked about a few of the things where it's like oh you're bringing up an accusation that again he was never actually convicted of and it's just weird little things and. I, I don't mind personality, but he—he's always—he's always had a personality. But then there have been times where I'm just like, just, just stop. You know, the the, the, the thing about deflection too. I, I mentioned in the last pod that number one, it doesn't fundamentally change anything. Um, and then number two, I this may be controversial. I don't think Manchester United have a whole lot to apologize for. Without this freak city side, any other year, any other season, they would be in the thick of a title race. They played twenty-two, one fourteen. Um, they're on 47 points. They're on course for a normal title challenging campaign uh, points total. It's just not going to happen this season because Pep and City are at a different level. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, they're, they're, they're in, in position to, to uh, you know, the knockout stages of the Champions League. So I don't really understand 
I think maybe it's a measure of, of Jose's insecurity at some level being this far behind City. But this is this is an historic campaign by Manchester City. We're, they played 22-120, so you're not going to be in, in shouting distance from them. I think they've done all right. They, they had a spell before the holidays and then into the holidays where they were drawing games. That's not really a disaster. That's a disaster by modern media standards to draw a couple of games. Um Romelu Lukaku went some games without scoring. He actually has scored a few goals in recent outings, uh, and he's well up on the the Premier League goal scoring charts. I, I don't uh, I don't see the need to deflect. I, I I would want a younger Jose Mourinho to focus his energies on on improving the side from from here on out. And don't really understand the the need for this kind of nonsense. It's like he has to prove that his nuclear button is bigger. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that one recently. <laughs> well, look, next up for Chelsea is the uh, Muzzy Is It derby against Leicester City. Um, Jamie Vardy might be back, but there's no Wes Morgan or Danny Simpson. Um, Chelsea have lost one out of 11 versus Leicester, but that was the game where Mourinho lost his job straight the way afterwards, wasn't it? So Jamie Vardy, though, has scored 22 goals in 41 appearances in the big, against the big six teams since... August 2014. So how do we see this one going? I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that obviously biased Chelsea fan time, it's, you know, I think we're playing okay. Uh, I mean, the Arsenal game, we, we probably should have won. Probably both times if Morata scores his chances. Uh, it, I think it depends on the thing that Conte is doing at the moment is he's 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 trying to do a lot of rotation with not that many players, um, and I think Hazard's got a bit of a knock because he doesn't seem to be able to complete ninety minutes, which is also a little bit of a concern. Um, but I mean, like if if Cahill is playing in the team, the defense doesn't seem as solid as it does with Rudiger, Christensen, and and Aspilicueta. So if if that's in there, Vardy would he be able to pounce on, on a Cahill mistake? So that's a risk. Um, and then the midfield's a bit of a sort of wishy-washy with Bakayoko in at the moment. So I'd like to think that we're going to be fine. So I'm going to say everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Leicester are going to be are going to go to to win, obviously, and they've got a squad to do it. So all right, it'll be um, interesting. What about um, Bournemouth versus Arsenal on Sunday? This is the Olivier Giroud flicking his heels after getting a draw equaliser. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this could be an interesting one. I think obviously, or or maybe not obviously at this point. You know, the temptation is just going to say is to say Arsenal's going to take this one easily. But with Arsenal at this point, there there is no more of that. Um, you know, we definitely we saw that against. Forest, um, Nottingham Forest, and, and we've seen that throughout the season. So um, I think this could be an interesting sort of test case. And I think with Sanchez um, in this sort of indefinite limbo, um, do we know whether he's going to play? Uh, we don't even know he's going to be there, do we? Right. I, so. well, I, I, it's, I assume he's going to be there, but I mean, he... It, it, with where he goes, it, it, it's a big distraction. You know, it's another thing. I don't think the Arsenal players going to be that that into it if one of their star players is, is on the way out. Mm. Um, and the fact that he was benched um, for the Chelsea game, 
suggests that he's he is definitely on his way out uh, this month rather than waiting until the summer. I don't. I mean, you, if if I was Wenger, you, you, I'd just sell now. Like say, look, you're out of the team until you get sold. Um, I know you've got to win games, but I think he's probably becoming more. I, I could imagine the type of player he is and the way that he sulks a lot. He'd probably be quite a negative sort of. He'd bring a ne- negative atmosphere into the dressing room. In fact, thank you. We are. Yeah, I think if we are to believe reports, that has that has already been the case uh, quite a number of times this season. There's been some mm. stories from the Arsenal dressing room about that. I'd stay if I was him. I would sit it out for another six months, leave on a free and get a nice big signing on fee. Um, if I was Manchester City, I don't think they particularly need him, so why should he pay £35 million pounds or £30 million pounds for him? Same for your Manchester United. You can get wait six months and get him for free. Manchester United aren't going to win the league this season, and you don't need Alexis Sanchez to help you win the Champions League because Champions Leagues are generally won on strong defences, I'd imagine. Um, so I wouldn't shell out for him, especially £35 million. Pounds. I think, no, Man City are definitely doing the right thing in, in sort of saying, you know, because he's only got six months on the contract, we're willing to pay you the twenty million, but we're not going to pay over that. If you want more money, you can go elsewhere. Yeah. Um. And I think he's at that point um, where he he wants to go. The fact that Man United is suddenly being a consideration suggests that this whole "I really want to move to City" thing probably isn't exactly. You know, he's obviously going because he wants to get out of Arsenal, and that's going to give a lot of clubs an opportunity to jump in for him now. Mm. I, I, I makes, wonder. Could they do a loan deal? Yeah, I wonder if United aren't just playing a little game here to to just force City to spend more for him. Um, you know, knowing that that is where he wants to go. Um, he wants to play for Pep again, um, and they're coming in with uh, some interest in a bid that would would, if any, if nothing else, uh, force spend City to just spend a little more. I, you know, this I see this as an opportunity for City to lay down a little bit of a marker. One of the problems, and Ryan, you you'll know that you'll remember that Chelsea went through this in their early Abramovich years. Is that everybody knew that they were flush with cash after a certain point, and so even the squad players they bought were costing them a relative fortune for the yeah. day. And so it might be that this might be City digging in just a little bit. To, to sort of say, well, look, we can we can get him on a free in four months, so we're not going to meet that price, and then it then it becomes a battle of wills. Or will Arsenal get anything for them for him or nothing? The other thing is, though, if he goes to City or to United, considering the squads that they have, how much playing time is he going to get? You United think he'd walk straight into the side, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd go he'd go straight in the United side. Oh I'm yeah, sure. for yeah. who? Well, I mean, you have to remember that, that Rashford is not sc- scoring goals. He's having a little bit of a difficult season. Martial is is a a, uh, a very very talented player and an impact player, but but maybe not a hundred percent consistent player. Ibrahimovic is clearly not worked out. He's um, done amazingly well to come back as soon as he has, but but um, yeah, I, th- I think he would he would get in there and then. Um, we've talked before about it. City, um, you know, for Pep doesn't Aguero isn't quite his type of you know of of player up front. There's he wants different things, and with Gabriel Jesus still injured, um, that is that, true. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He, now, now the the news on him is is good apparently, and he'll be back sooner than than had originally. Right, been. but he does have the World Cup too. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you think you look at Arsenal and think about the, him them holding on to him for the rest of the season. I don't see what good that does them at this point because it's not going to change anyone's perception of them. Um, they will not make top four. Um, they're not. Uh, I know they're not many. They're not that far off it. But I, I don't think they would need to be better than um, Spurs and Liverpool, and they're not. So I don't see what they get out of it. If they, <laughs> Chris, he said that we were good. <laughs> I'll take that. Just <laughs> quick question, because I'm not actually sure. I'm not actually sure myself. If Sanchez has played in the Europa League, does he? Is he not? Then cup tied for the Champions League, I think he or is. does it? Or does it? He is cup tied. I think he is for the oh. for the for the knockout stages of the Champions League. Why would he be? Well, that's what I'm just wondering because if, if it's I know they're two separate competitions, but obviously they're both UEFA, so I didn't know whether right. They're... I'm gonna Google, although you know I'm not good at googling. Uh, that's why that's it was a bit of a weirdo because I don't even know how to Google. Like, what do you Google for that? Cut. Uh, cup tie UEFA. Let's see. Like, Let's see I can imagine here. that he probably wouldn't be cup tied or anything like that. But that um, is obviously something that a lot of clubs in January do consider when buying players. Is one yeah. of the big things that Chelsea promoted when they signed Barkley. I think Conte mentioned is that he's available in all four competitions. Well, one, he hasn't okay, I've, I've actually got it. Players may have played in qualifying for the UEFA Champions League or UEFA Europa League. But oh, only one of them yes. can have played in the UEFA Europa League group stage. Players cannot represent two clubs in the UEFA Champions League from the group stage onwards. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, that, 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 that's all right. Because if you, if you can't play in the Champions League, buying him now, you're only buying him for the FA Cup and the Premier League, but that's fine. Yeah, that and of course, by those same standards, Barcelona have bought Philip Coutinho, and he is... Oh, of course, he will be. ...for the Champions yes. League. Yes, he is, you're right, I'm bad. Uh, but Barcelona have 97 million other players. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to mention earlier, Manchester City, They, if they do sign him, they may have him in place for Sunday where they face uh, Liverpool in the Paul Walsh derby. Will it be 5 nil again? Please say no. <laughs> no. But we've got Virgil van Dijk, yes. haven't we? And last yes. week I said nothing can go wrong now and Liverpool won, didn't they? So say it again. No. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again uh, we're unbeaten in 14 at home to Manchester City and we've won the last four um, and City haven't done the double over Liverpool in 80 years which is quite a long time there's always time for a change yes the laws of averages <laughs> have to come upon us eventually although uh, fellow goalkeeper here Justin Liverpool have only conceded four in 13 Premier League games at home nine clean sheets for Carrius and Mingle and all that time yeah, the defensive Sorry. record isn't as, as bad as it's sometimes made out to be. It's not as good as anyone else in the top four, um, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's, well, it's, it's considerably worse than everyone else in the top floor, four. They've, they've conceded 25, the next closest is 16. Um, but as you say, at home, it's a different proposition. Um, you know, I've been so wrong in, in my predictions that when we started talking about league games, but... Um, I do think this represents the biggest threat to City going the season unbeaten that they will have, have faced thus far. Um, you what know, do you think? I do, I, I do, yeah. Um, not that, not because Liverpool are a match for them as a side. The league table tells us they're not. But you know, in any given 
90 minutes, especially playing at Anfield. It, it's, uh, they've got the, obviously, even without with Coutinho gone, they still have a, uh, a multifaceted and very dangerous attack. We don't know yet exactly what what they're going to get from Van Dyke, but we did see that um, he can be effective for them at set pieces in front of both goals, and uh, it could be a, a difficult one for City. I, I certainly don't see them having as comfortable a day as as they've had in so many of their outings this season in the league. On any given Sunday, hey? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, we'll come back to the Premier League later on. Uh, we got some news and bits and bobs to round up here. Um... There's a family down the road that aren't very happy with Chelsea, right? They're not. They they really don't like the expansion plans. No. Uh, go on, explain a bit about this then. So they they live in a little house, sort of in the, the what they call the shadow of Stamford Bridge. Um, and I, th- I don't know the, the full ins and outs of it, but for Chelsea to expand the stadium to how they want to do it as part of this one billion stadium plan or whatever, um, they'd have to the tenants would have to move out, right? And then they'd have to knock the houses down and then go from there. But they they don't want to move. I thought this was about the fact that the family, they didn't actually need to knock the houses down. Oh, did they not um, either? But Chelsea wants to redevelop and put such a high roof on that their house would be in perpetual shadow. Um, oh, so it's, yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Some of the houses down um, the road where this family live have gone for 1.1 or 1.18 million pounds and they're saying that this is going to severely devalue their house. Chelsea have offered some kind of compensation and legal advice, but I don't know how far this family are going to dig their heels in. Well, it wouldn't devalue their house if it sold to a Chelsea fan, right? Because that would... I'm just imagining some some Chelsea fan, like maybe Ryan, would pay a lot of money to live in that that home. Because he'd be so excited to live next to Sanford Bridge. Oh, would you really want to live next to the football ground? No, no, you wouldn't. You'd want to be close enough that you can walk to the ground every Saturday. But you wouldn't want to be too close where that's all you'd hear. Because imagine that, you know... You're not actually going to that game. The noise, I bet the noise must be like, um, like damage. Yeah, yeah, but it's Chelsea. Right. <laughs> no, no, I get that. But... I think the only reason so, you wouldn't is like, you know, if you had kids. <laughs> yeah, but you would worry like if you had kids and, and they would yeah. never sleep. But... You'd, be cleaning up the pla- you'd be cleaning the plastic. I was like, you'd hear something, yes. the plastic going from side to side. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. I live next door to a football ground there. Is, Do you? Which one? Uh, it's uh, it's in deepest, darkest Cornwall, so it's not um, it's not a particularly urban football ground. So you get about thirty people there a week. So I would I, love that. It is really I cool. Played, yeah, I'd like that if it was a ghost thing. It was like a small little thing. You you definitely always get a chance to see the game as well. Yeah. Oh, it's great because they have uh, veterans games, they have women's games, um, and then they have the they let women team. play soccer. That's just. Gross. They do, but only if they uh, make the referees lunch first. Right, okay, that makes total <laughs> sense. And you've got a little backdrop afterwards of the sea and the cliffs. It's very pretty. You should all come wow. visit one day and have a look. Why don't you all live there? You should do. You should do. Okay. I mean, there's a man about 20 miles down the road, Jesse, that's virtually your next-door neighbour. So, you know, just the ocean separates you. That's true. <laughs> okay, I'll, I, what, what subway do I take to get there? Uh, number three. Great. I live Number right three. up. We're fine. There is that. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah. What did I get? Express. We love the three. Oh, good. Uh, okay, what else have we got? Romelu Lukaku wasn't very happy. Who's seen this? 
Yeah, I've I've saw it. I've this is it. bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's the world we live in now, where people say what's this. in their head rather than actually <laughs> think about what they're going to say yeah. before they say it. <laughs> Imagine <Imagine> about that. <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's first name, but Mashiri, the Everton owner, has suggested that Romelu Lukaku consulted a voodoo um, oh priest uh, before deciding on moving to Chelsea last summer. This is before he moved to Manchester United, so it can't be a very good voodoo priest. Um, I thought voodoo was from the Caribbean anyway. I think yeah. there are different, if I'm if I'm right, and I may be wrong. Um, yeah, there's there's Santeria and, and things like that, but I think, I think yeah. traditionally Haiti... Might have right. been where its origin was, yeah. Yeah, I know, though, there's a, New Orleans has that's, a... That's the problem with it. I mean, that's the problem with him making that reference is... It's is, racist? Yes, that's <laughs> my point. Is that he, he's, he's just equating any person with dark skin as, a, as someone who might be into voodoo. Belgium's not near Haiti, is it? Not, not close, no. Not at all. Okay. Uh, uh, Justin, your favorite footballer? Uh, are you leading me into a story about him? Or are you asking me? <laughs> I'm leading you into a favorite story about a story about him. Who is it? Phil Neville. Oh wow, oh. Phil! Yeah, tw- I, I, I've seen this news. I'll let you go ahead and, and introduce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your Twitter nemesis. He um, he could be well be in the running for the England women's team national manager. God, that that strikes me as as a very strange choice the, re- the reason i say that is that the, the the women's game is growing so fast in england i mean they've they've so quickly made themselves um one of the strongest international sides in the world and they're producing really great players and and phil neville is um gives every indication of 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 not being the most progressive um forward thinking person he's a little bit of a the traditionalist and we've always done it this way and um so i mean i don't know uh i don't know how how much veracity there is to these rumors i will be impressed with phil neville and and think more highly of him if if it's true and he's actually interested in the job because it would have struck me prior to hearing this that he would have um considered himself above such a position for the very just simply because it was women Justin, that was really diplomatic. Can I say something completely undiplomatic? Okay. Um, and you can all just tear this answer to shreds because it's going to deserve it. But I still need to get this out here. Um, I hate this. And I hate it for a really stupid reason in that um, there have been no women who have even been in the consideration for positions as men's coaches. Um, Hope, I think Hope there Powell. have been... When? Before Mark Sampson. She was the England manager for Mark Sampson for a number no, of no, years. No, no, she means for No, 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 I'm sorry, for men's teams. Oh, sorry, I, okay. Right? So, and... Um, and they have... The, there like was... Powell, there, and Jill Ellis, and Pia Sundaga, and a number of others, there have been women's coaches who are talented and really good at what they do. And every time Sam Allardyce or Alan Pardew get yet another fucking manager's position, I am frustrated um, because it shows a lack of creativity and also a lack of uh, just a lack. Um, 
so yes, I agree with everything that Justin said, but I also really think that um, that women, I think that 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 not that women should necessarily be coached by women. I you know I don't think that that's the case, but I do think that until um, women can be seen in their own right at just being managers for human beings and players <laughs> like um and not locked into like female managers um i'm annoyed whenever men get to fill that position and i know that's wrong so there you go terry Tresco. no i, I think, think you're right wrong I, no. I don't think that's wrong I, I think women should be coached by women i think we're moving in that direction in this country i and I, that's enormously hypocritical of me because i am taking a a paycheck to be an assistant coach at the, at, with a, a women's uh, college team, but um, I'm a dyna- I'm on the way out. I'm old, and 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 the younger coaches are are these positions are being filled by more females, which I think is great. The second thing I would say is a, is a about why that happens, Jesse. Just as my from my perspective as the old person in this group, um, this will sound like a generalization, but I I think it stands up. It would stand up to a high degree of scrutiny. Most people in decision-making capacities at um, large, important bodies, be they sporting bodies or corporations, are old, older. And old people are risk-aversive. Or, sorry, risk-averse. Um, and so, you, you know, there there is a risk involved in whoever makes that first step and hires a, a female manager to, to, to manage men. By the way, I have a friend. I have a friend, Kim Wyatt, and she is the men's head coach at New York University. She's really? the only one. Yeah, she's the only one in the country at the college level in, in our country here that that uh, the only female that coaches men. Bring her on the podcast. Uh, yeah, maybe so. She's very bright and um, and done has done a great job there. Now, now she got that position because she's wildly overqualified for it. She she's <laughs> a, a former U.S. women's national team goalkeeper. And a professional player, an excellent player, and and, and uh, you know, so she's um, a little bit of a trailblazer. But I, I just I think that you you know, when you talk about that, there's a a a barrier that has to be broken. It's going to take brave people to do it, and then once it's down, it becomes you know things become quickly um, more standard and, and regular and accepted, and it gets easier from that point on. But um, it, it hasn't happened yet, and I think it will, unfortunately, be a while. I, I, would, I would question, I mean, I don't know, it might be loads, but how much Phil Neville knows about the women's game as well, and individual players. Well, well that's, that's, yeah. he's been trying very hard. He's, he's been yeah. following them all on Twitter, Chris. <laughs> well, that's okay, then. <laughs> that, that's, I think that's how some of the rumours started, is that he's I mean, been following all the stuff on Twitter. So, you know, don't bash him. He's doing his homework. basically a Tottenham player. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that, like, Justin, I, I, Brian Ascari, I think is like one of the just most, like, I, she was my favorite. Well, I talked about her on Love and Pieces of Me, and I remember Gav being like, what the fuck are you, st-? I can't do his, his accent, but he was like, who the fuck are you starting this? Stop, stop making up players. But, um, you know, because I not only threw out like an American, but a female goalkeeper. Um, right. but for me, you know, she not only, it was like an incredible female, like an incredible goalie, but like she 
grew up, like grew the game and and then worked in concussion tra- training and management and was a commentator. And so like she like lived the game and, and watched its progress and, and has seen how it's, it's changed and grown. So like someone like her, I think would be so ideal um, because she grew with it in all of its, um, it, it like behind the scenes and on the pitch and 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 with all of its growing pains. I don't know. Like that would that was my first thought. It was like why? Yeah, you know, she's it, right there. It could happen here. I think it, it, it'll 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 it will happen here. It'll take it'll take longer in in Europe because um, the game both benefits from and is sometimes held back by tradition and. Yeah. Uh, and so it would just take a you know take a long time there, but you know not that long. When I was playing, when I was living in England, if you had told me there would be you know female assistant referees, I would have um, I would never have believed that would have been possible. And if you remember when we had our first one ten years ago or so, she was an internet sensation, and it was the hugest deal in the world. And it's it's now absolutely ordinary, never commented on or mentioned because it's accepted. And it's just normal. So, you know, that's, I think that's how things change. Okay. If you had to pick a Neville, would you pick Phil or Gary? Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Pick Gary, of course. Or should we line things up by talking about the Rooney Rule? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Martin Glenn um, has suggested that, or he has said that the successor to Gareth Southgate, they will use the Rooney Rule to implement that. I find it very hard to say Rooney Rule. Um, the Rooney <laughs> Rule is uh, whereby you will interview uh, or have on the interview selection process a black and minority ethnic uh, candidate. Um, Martin Glenn then proceeded to shoot himself in the foot a little bit, as <laughs> is his wont, by suggesting that um, women aren't as good as banter uh, or taking banter as men. That's true. Pipe down. The off. Richard Keys thing all over again. That is that is true. What happens is we cry. But then our tears flavor whatever we're cooking. What if we try? What if we try banter while you're on your periods? Does that help? Oh, oh that's great. That's great. You want to get it all out at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we. Think, I think. I think maybe just quick clarify of, of the Rooney rule because I know people in Europe will think why. Is Wayne Rooney doing yeah. it? Yeah. I actually got asked that. I actually got asked. Yeah. Why is. I, I was looking at the story. Why is there a rule about Wayne Rooney? Oh. <laughs> I think most people probably know that it comes from the NFL. But the other thing is, is that it's it's qualified oh, I, candidates. I need to look that up. Yeah, it, it's no idea. It's qualified candidates. It's not just you have to. That was, you know, the the rule was a, a sort of misused in the NFL in the early days, where they would bring in a person of color who didn't have who wasn't actually qualified for the job and they could say, well, we gave him an interview and then they, no, I just let you go out and you find any, like a random black woman. Right. Just to get all of her minorities at once. Like you go out on the street or like, you know, in the middle of Cornwall and you go, Oh, you, you, you come here. (laughs) Tell us. Right. You could look funny one here. (laughs) Chris, when, when, Chris, when we uh, when we discussed my amazing trivia fact that I gave you uh, via Facebook at, toward the end of our our podcast, yes, I will circle this around to women and their banter because I got um, there's a good example from when, uh, when I posted that on Facebook. I've got a, a female friend of mine, and she she bantered me good. 
Cool. <laughs> well, are we happy with the Rooney Rule? I mean, you guys have had more experience of it. Um, is it tokenism uh, or certainly sort of... Um, is it misplaced? I, I, my main concern with the fact that it's coming from the FA is post the Eni Luco affair, uh, are they doing this as a token gesture to try and show that they're moving on? Will coaches use it just as a token gesture and then just get their mate in any way? Um, or are we likely to see some kind of much-needed sea change? I don't think we'll see much of a change. I mean, within the same sort of conversation, it was, you know, we don't have to give them the job. We should have to interview them. Almost like saying, yeah, we can interview <laughs> you, but we're not going to give them the job. It, it was very much like, you know, trying to say to the people that would be so upset by it, you know, the sort of people that all voted leave um, hey, for wait, Brexit. Uh, uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you'd have... It, it, it's definitely a, a sort of to placate those people that and um, the uh, um, Luco situation. It's just to, to show that they're progressive, but when really they're not. Are you and saying that classic FA? Are you saying that absolutely no black people voted leave? Is that what you're saying? I'm not I saying. Think, that. Hold on, diffusing the situation. <laughs> I think the I think the 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 optimistic look at it would be that absolutely this is to placate and smooth over the, you know, really shithole that they've made of the any logo situation. But the hope would be that something comes from that in that, yes, they do have to bring in um, qualified minority candidates, and hopefully one of those people will get a job out of it. That That's what has happened in the NFL, and there's, there's still a long way to go with it, but what has happened is, there, there were cases where uh, an ownership group had no intention of hiring a minority and then during the interview process found that, that hey, this is actually the most impressive candidate. And, and, um, and so people have gotten well-earned jobs from it, not, not probably as many as should have done, but some. And so there's, you know, some progress there. And so Maybe Wayne all... Rooney will finally get a job from the Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> his own rules. Uh, right, should we lighten the mood and talk about um, a convicted sex offender and racism? Yes! Yes. Yes. Graham Ricks, um, who has a past, it's fair to say, uh, and a guy called Gwyn Williams. Um, they have been accused of bullying and racism, as has Peter Beardsley this week. Uh, while they were working at the academy at Chelsea, Graham Ricks was accused of throwing coffee in the face of a player, uh, bloodying a player's nose by throwing a football in his face uh, and he and Williams uh, have been accused of racially abusing players as well. Justin, you wanted to mention this, didn't you? Yeah, um, Daniel Taylor did the reporting on this. His, his story's in The Guardian. It's excellent. He um, He's also been covering the Barry Bennell trial and um, he, he's, he's doing a lot of important, difficult, uncomfortable reporting. Um, this kind of thing... This is from the 90s, uh, for anyone that maybe isn't up on the story yet. Um, there's a lot of this in dressing rooms all over all over England in the 90s. Um, and if people are start to be held accountable for it, even as, as, as long after the deed as we are, there will be many, many of these stories. It's, it's really awful if you read the details. Um, the player who is not named, who, who apparently went on to a career elsewhere... Um, not not at quite the heights of Chelsea, but um, 
never really recovered from it emotionally, which is understandable when you read the details. It's it's hateful stuff. And, and unfortunately, I know that some of this, um, there are some people who consider that to be uh, not only an ordinary but a necessary part of, of dressing room culture and breaking young players and seeing what they're made of and, and the whole macho thing. Um, if you've been there, and I have, uh, dressing rooms are 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 dangerous places, um, particularly in the '90s. Um, you know, when when not everybody had a, a mobile phone on them, and and uh, and it was really a sanctuary. And what went on in in a professional team's dressing room um, stayed in there. And and I I think I, I think if you talk to anybody that that played during that era, there would be stories. Um, they were either a victim of, um, guilty of, or aware of bullying and harassment. The the the, the darker you know the 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 this story is um, worse because of the racial element, where it's it's blatant and open and awful. Um, but uh, there were a lot of them that didn't involve that. I think everyone knows too. Um, uh, what Graham Lasso went through in that dressing room. If you remember some of the stories about the Wimbledon crazy gang, some of those, uh, some of the players from that team um, don't paint as colorful, uh, such a lovable rogue sort of uh, picture of that dressing room. They talk about one that was full of bullies and was very physically intimidating. And so this one in particular is an awful story, and I fear it's it's far from the last one. Have you ever Justin, come across can I ask anything? you a question? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, no, 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 you go on, ladies first. Um, so I, you know, we're unfortunately like locker room banter has been talked a lot about here. And also, um, this sort of idea of bringing up people's past misdemeanors. And, um, I, I talked with, um, a friend of mine who said that, um, he went, he was, a he, played rugby and, and soccer football at um at boarding school and he said the same thing that like this didn't come as a surprise that this was something that just happened and everybody took it if not in stride that just like they assumed that this was just part of you know male sport and culture um and it was just like the hazing that you had to go through to i guess be a either a professional or or, like, an amateur male athlete. And he said that his take was that, you know, you can't really open the vault, I think were his words, because then, like, everybody is going to be accused of something, and where does it end? So he felt like... Well, it ends when people stop doing it. So that's my question, is, like, what, what do you think... I mean, you know... I. I know how I feel, but, you know, I've also been, you know, talking about this sort of in terms of, um, you know, my work with, like, sex crime victims um, and looking at it in that way. And, and what what do you say, you know, this is, this is real trauma. And what do we need to do as sort of a culture and a society to change what people go through and also change the change the mentality that this is a necessity and help people heal. 
That's a lot I've just thrown at you. Answer all of these questions. <laughs> Go. Excellent. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think repercussions change behavior, uh, or at least have the potential to. And so um, if Peter Beardsley, if Graham Ricks, if, if these guys um, are held accountable for these actions, some percentage, not all, but some percentage of, uh, of professional coaches will change their behavior in the dressing room because they will ne- they will be aware there's precedent set that someone could tell um, could tell the story of what what they're doing and and that that could cost them their job and and potentially be uh, criminally liable and so um, you know I think there will be some degree of change behavior that comes from you know a, a generation being held accountable for it because I think I think that's been the problem is you'll hear all the old pros say, it's the way it was always done, it's the way it was always done. Well, that is not a, a good argument for it to continue to be done that way. It's been done that way all the t- always because no one ever paid a price for it. If, if, if people are held accountable, then you'll see some behavior start to change. Will it eliminate it? No. But, uh, it, it, you know, it will be, I would hope, less less prevalent. Chris, were you yeah. going to ask me if I'd ever experienced anything? Mm. Like that bullying yeah. or anything? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would categorize it as, as uh, l- certainly less severe than than what we're reading about. It was just simple meanness. Um, what's very common in in dressing room culture is establishing a dominance pecking order, and so players who are a little more quiet, a little more sensitive, um, not really all that quick to stand up for themselves, will get picked on. I, I think maybe I fell into that category, but part of that too was me just not being all that interested in s- sort of standing up for myself and and putting an end to a couple of of players who were just kind of um, dickheads, if I'm if I can just say it. <laughs> and so um, it, it was perpetuated for a little while. And I wrote about this in my book, and then one day I said something. And uh, and and it more or less stopped at that point, and then moved on to somebody else. So it was certainly never physically abused. Um, and, and there was it was it was stressful, and so I probably did contribute to some mental disquietude. Um, but I wouldn't claim anything other than just simple meanness. In my case, there were a couple of players, two different clubs, two different players. One of which I reconciled with. Um, in the typical male way, which is to say it was never referenced, uh, but things are now pleasant. <laughs> uh, and then the other one um, is a, 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 an ocean, you know, okay. And so um, I actually, we have mutual friends and I've, I've been told that he's very sound and, and uh, changed from, from those days. And so, I have no, um, you know, I have I have no crusade of my own, but um, I, I I do I do have some experience with it. Okay, right. We should cheer ourselves up by getting Jesse to say nothing can go wrong now because uh, God. The BT Sport game tomorrow night is Spurs versus Everton, the Pat Van Den Howe derby. <sighs> Van Den Howe just didn't rubber him. Yes, I do. Um, not a gentle tackler. No. <laughs> uh, no Toby, 
No Danny Rose, no Harry Winks. I miss Toby so much, you guys. I know. Chank Tosin is in line to make his debut. Now, Spurs are unbeaten in 10 versus Everton, and Everton have only got 29.6% of their points away from home. That's the lowest in the Premier League this season. So, Jesse, breathe in. Stick that chest out. Take a big deep breath. Nothing can go wrong now. Eyes closed. Uh, F. Um, Please, we need it. But that, those stories were so depressing. You're right. You know what? Come on, come on, come on. For you guys. Go on. Nothing can go wrong now. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll amplify that in post. We're all good. <laughs> Manchester United versus Stoke in the Peter Davis. I've heard someone say they'd fix it in post. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. Why not? You say that as sirens go past. Yeah, exactly. What could possibly? Uh, Manchester United versus Stoke in the Peter Davenport derby. Um, Chico Flores has been linked with Stoke as their new manager. Guess who their caretaker manager is? Who? This is very exciting if you happen to be a Leicester fan. Kevin Rooster-Russell. Remember him, Justin? No. Oh. (laughs) Super sub from about 1993. I should remember him then because that's my era, but I don't. Big bold head used to come on for Leicester and um, as a sub and, and grabbed the winner. And I think he ended up at Stoke and Swindon afterwards. Lucky one. The man's a legend. Okay. Um, Chica Flores, you'd be happy with that if you rocked up at your club, wouldn't you guys? Sorry, I got distracted because my light bulb just went out and <laughs> I'm in the dark right now. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I have you. It's okay. Thanks. Yep. Thanks um, for keeping me company in the dark. I mean, it, I think he's obviously got a... How long was he at Watford for? Was One he there with the promotion or was that... No, he was there for a season. No. Yeah, so... Um, I think he'd probably be quite interested in, in seeing it. It's not, you know, one of these older managers that are coming out of the woodwork all the time. So I think it'd be something, uh, you know, if you're a... Stoke fan, you'd be pretty. I assume you're gonna, you'd assume as a Stoke fan, you're not gonna get Stoke style football from him either. No, you'd hope the traditional. So, well, I think I would be, I'd be all right with it because he's, he's brooding and dashing. <laughs> uh, right, we'll do one more because um, we're running out of time and I want to get this other thing done. So, uh, what should we look? I tell you what, Alan Marshall, ARPM Marshall fifty seven uh, is one of our longest-suffering fans, uh, and he'll be listening to us on the Tube. So we'll go with Watford versus Southampton. Watford, uh, oh. Watford haven't beaten Southampton in the Premier League since 1999. Really? Yeah, but Southampton are winless in their last nine games. Yeah, they've been, they've been really poor recently, right? Mm. But yeah. Watford haven't also... The, the, their momentum's dropped off significantly, right? Yeah. Oh no, this is tough. Watford win. There you go. There you go. Alan, we'll leave you at that. Um, <laughs> Hi, Alan. He's a lovely, he's a lovely man. Uh, right, guys, one last thing before we go. Right, it's mid-season. So what I've done here is, well, I didn't do it. I got one of my children to do it. Uh, on the left-hand side, I've got two columns. On the left-hand side is the name of all the Premier League football teams. On the right-hand side is their managers. Right. I need two volunteers and one person to coo and go, ooh, in an excited voice. Oh, I'm ooing. You know I'm, I'm not, not going to be shit. either of these things. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> right, just... Make think. Ryan do everything. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I'm, I'm just... If it's like a miniature version of a game, I'm tempted just to ruin it anyway, just because okay. <laughs> it's finding my opportunity. So. Well, pick left or right, then. Left. 
Okay, you can pick the teams. And Justin, okay. you've got the right-hand side. So, Ryan is going to go first. He's going to pick re- a team. You realize we can't see anything, Chris. <laughs> no, that's fine. Ryan is going to pick a team. And then okay. you're going to... Well, Ryan's going to pick a number which corresponds to a team. And Justin, you're going to do the same that corresponds to their manager. And they're going to have a little swapsies. So, depending on how their fortunes have gotten so far, we'll see, due to Jess Cooing, um, how she thinks they're going to get on for the rest of the season. So, Ryan, pick a number between 1 and 20. 18. 18 is... Hooray! Oh, I'm not hooraying yet. Oh, bloody Sorry. hell. What's she written here? I can't read her writing. Hang on. Great start game, Chris. Burnley, Burnley. Right. Right. So Burnley will now be managed by Justin. Pick a number between 1 and 20. Oh, I like this game. I see what we're doing. Uh, 11. 11 is Arsene Wenger. <laughs> Marxist theory gave about the fact that they, you will also you always have a thesis uh, and a synthesis, and they will form together as two opposite ends to form an antithesis. And I think that's what we've got here. That'd be incredible. Um, I enjoy that. That's great. What would he do? Well, they would they would potentially score a few more goals. Uh, let's give yeah. Arsene Wenger some credit. I mean, they've they scored nineteen in, in twenty two played which is an unbelievable stat when you consider they're seventh in the table. It's, it's incredible. How so I would, like... would it be to put Arsene Wenger and Troy Deeney in a dressing room together? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure. wonder who would have the cojones we'll come out alive. to speak first. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, the talk is Arsene Wenger can't do it at these cold northern grounds, so he'd have a terrible home record, wouldn't he? Well, he has his comfy coat. He's you know. Yeah, he's got his zips, his zip-up coat. <laughs> Whether he can do it up or not. But... Ryan, pick a number then that doesn't include 18. Five. You... Five. Leicester City. Okay. Justin. 17. 17 is. They are now managed by Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I could see no that. Change. No, no change. change. no change. No yeah. change. Yeah. That's Ryan. great. <laughs> Go again, um, Ryan. 13. 13 is Crystal Palace. Justin? 64. <laughs> you wag. I see Justin's Eight. enthusiasm for this game. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, uh, what are the numbers for? Would uh, Brian just... just say a, 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 a team and then I said a team? Or, but, no, okay. Does that get um, sort of the cup drawer aspect of it? You know. Okay, I got you. Right, yeah. This Eight, has got a randomness to it. Uh, eight is yeah. Rafa. Okay, wait, Crystal Palace? And, no, who? Wait. Crystal Palace, yeah, Palace have got Rafa Benitez. I forgot who we matched him with. Crystal Palace got Rafa Benitez. Oh. I feel like I, Rafa Benitez I, has been there before. He's been everywhere. I don't think... I, don't think <laughs> I mean, I know he hasn't, change. but... Uh, Ryan, pick a team. Two. Two. Stoke. Justin. Four. Is Roy Hodgson. That's a bit no, nice, isn't it? Yeah. No change. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. So, uh, seven. It's one Z. Justin. Fifteen. Fifteen is Pep. Oh, that would be good. Oh, yeah, that would be really no. good. There's oh, really, like yeah, this, so the, the, this this premise is only really valid with about five managers because all the rest <laughs> are in all the rest are in change. Or like five teams, though. Like if you yeah. send Roy Hodgson to like, you know... Chelsea. I don't know. Man United. That's hysterical. So where is Pep going? He's going to Swansea. Do you remember when Swansea got promoted? They had Brendan Rodgers, Roberto Martinez, yeah, Brian, yeah, Michael yeah. Adrian. They had that sort of Swansea way, didn't they? This is their chance to get it back again. And um, this could test I'm going to suggest that, that uh, Pep is better than 
Brendan Rodgers. I know that's, that's <laughs> but you know, they would play differently. They would play. They would play Pep Guardiola football, which, by the way, doesn't rely on on amazingly brilliant individual players until you get into the final third. I think they 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 wouldn't necessarily score at a much greater rate, but they would they would keep the ball better. Ryan, this would be your chance to prove whether he's a fraudiola or not. It would, yeah, because he's not going to have loads of money to spend. No. Right, pick a number. 16. 16 is Southampton. Justin. Fifth, uh, 19. 19 is Chris Hewton. That'd be a nice little trip on the coast for him. Yeah. I think he'd do all right there. I, I think could, yeah. yeah, I think he'd be all right. He wouldn't have to relocate. <laughs> this has been great. Really you know, I'm, I'm, torn, I'm torn between stopping it because I feel sorry for you and we've run on a bit but doing it to the bitter end just to spite you uh, let's, let's kill Gone. <laughs> Ryan come on one one is Huddersfield Justin what numbers are left to say I can't Loads. say this. I'll tell you if you've already gone through it 13 13 is oh it's manager Stoke so we'll say that's Chico that's nobody at the minute anyway. Mark, <laughs> Mark Hughes Ryan Four. Four is West Ham. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. <laughs> We've had fifteen. Fifteen. Pep. <laughs> Sixteen. Wait, we 16. Oh, sixteen is David Moyes. He stays where he is. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve is West Brom. Uh, um, have we had nine? Oh, that's Pards. He stays where he is as well. <laughs> Justin, can you see his list or something? <laughs> no, I, I just just to wrap like through to, this. I would like to emphasize, I still don't know what we're actually doing. <laughs> this is like the first scene in Twisters. I'm Doctor Venkman, and you're that attractive girl that he, that um, he tries to <laughs> assume that he, try, he tries to make her believe that she can do ESP. Yeah, uh, or, or yeah, yeah. Twenty. Twenty is Brighton. Eighteen. Eighteen is Big Sam. That wouldn't work. Brighton, uh, okay, big Sam at Brighton, and, and and we're asking how things would be different. Yeah. Not, no, come on. Not, not very. Friends, that's not good. <laughs> 17. 17 is Manchester City. Come on, Justin, this is Ooh. important. Yeah. 14. 14. 14 is Maurizio Pellegrino. I'm sorry, you... who? Do you want to? No. No, go on. Maurizio Pellegrino, or whatever you call it. How do you say it? He's not fancy water. <laughs> What's, the, what's fancy water in Spanish? Okay, I think Pellegrino is like fancy Italian water. Pochettino is his last name. <laughs> no, Pellegrino, the Southampton manager. Sorry, Jesse, you have lost your mind, I'm afraid. Oh, Maurizio. <laughs> oh, Chris, I apologize to you in Italian. <laughs> Aqua mineral no gossetto. That's Italian for uh, mineral water with no fizzy, please. Can, can we address this one? Because this water? This Go is ahead. one of the rare interesting ones because now, <laughs> now you've got a, a, a mid-table manager at a at an elite with with, with the the best squad in the Premier League at his disposal. So is this the break he's looking now for? That I messed it up. What's that? Where did we send him now that I've messed it up? Now that I remember, oh, yeah, Man City. Yeah. Oh, is this the break yeah. his talent has been looking for? I believe he'd win the league. Oh, really? Excellent. Because yeah. of him or because of Man City? Because they've got a 20-something, yeah, they, they, because of the lead that's been established. I'm assuming we're doing this now. And yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. They finished yeah. finish the season and win the league. Were you not listening? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> 
you Ryan. Know what? I'm actually sitting here pretty impressed because it's not just me that gets games like terribly wrong. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. The thing I is, think... games is an extremely generous. <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> This is this is best. This would be best described as. Here's the best description I can give for what we're doing right now. This is taking place. This is Guantanamo Bay. This is this is what the inmate do. This game. This exists. I can't give it any value judgment. I can only say. this is a great end. This is a great end to the man on the post in, in general because we're clearly never ever going to come back after. Kathy and Georgia, you have done a great. It's got a certain. It, it's got a certain charm. To, well, you'll be pleased to know you'll be doing it this time next year as well. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Ryan. Ten. He's oh, we're not done. No. Um, no. I don't know any more numbers. Just say yeah, one. I'll, I'll tell you if we've already got one. I've been Twelve. writing him down. Twelve. Twelve is... Um, oh. Silver. He'd do all right there, wouldn't he? Well, what's the club? You didn't tell us. Chelsea. I, I did Chelsea. tell him. He weren't listening. Yeah. Yeah, right. Could you tell this him off, like please? The best Ms. thing that's ever happened. Miss Loesch, school teacher, could you talk to this disruptive pupil, please? No, would, no, this would, is great. He would do fine. He, he'd finish second or third. Okay, Ryan, fifteen. Fifteen is Watford. Uh, twenty is oh Antonio Conte. He wouldn't have to relocate either. <laughs> Conte at Watford. He would tighten them up at the back a little bit. Uh, maybe they'd play three at the back. Um, You're making this up now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. They would, they, would, they would finish about where they are now. Conte and Troy Deeney. Tenth. Conte and Troy Deeney. Well, he he's used to Murata, so... Wait, we so. did watch I mean, already. Watch... I am so confused. We, we didn't do Watford. We've numbers off this entire time. We didn't do Watford. Yes, yes we have you, Somebody, Jesse, you mentioned Troy Deeney when I said Burnley. I just nodded no, along politely. No, said Watford. I did not. We'll listen along to this. <laughs> Ryan, give us a number. Uh, 14. 14 is Liverpool. Right, get this one right, Justin. Um, I, I don't know how many numbers are left. Two. <laughs> Eddie, how? Is he busted flush nowadays? That'd be... That, that would... That would... Uh, Ryan, give us a number. 11. 11. <laughs> Bournemouth. Ryan sounds so sad. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Oh, Jose! Oh, Justin sounds more sad. Jose Mourinho. Where'd you send um, him? Uh, Bournemouth. Make a noise. Good. 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 Send him there. Keep him there. Ryan. <laughs> Three. He's Arsenal. Justin. 16. Uh, we've had that. 17. <laughs> had that. 18. Had that. 19. <laughs> had that. 14. 14. A... Oh, no. Had that. <laughs> 13. Had that. 12. Had that. Oh, 11. it's so Have lucky that. that Justin isn't in Cornwall right now because uh, uh, this would not end well. Ten. <laughs> David Wagner. <laughs> Jesse, we <laughs> Make a noise. Oh, oh, yay. Hooray. Ryan, pick a number. <laughs> Six. Manchester United. Four. Four is... No, cut that. <laughs> Three. is Claude Puel. Well, at Manchester United. Um, he, he couldn't make them any less boring, could he? Well, he, 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 he maybe try play Martial. Uh, Ryan, give us a number. Uh, eight. Spur- oh, Spurs, Jesse. Oh, God. Ryan, uh, Justin. No, I'm done. Just pick two. <laughs> pick two, Justin, because I don't think you picked that yet. No, you've had two. 
What about oh, one? Jesus. Uh, let me tell you what you've got left. You've got two left. You can have either uh, five or six. I'm not convinced I want to live anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. What have I done here? Oh, no, three left. You, you can have yeah, one, I'm, five, I've or six. On my list. You can have one, five, or six. Um, well, I'm spoiled for choice. Who could ever select? I'll go, I'll go with one. One is Carlos Caraval. Done, we'll take him. Will you? Okay, Ryan. 19. 19's Newcastle. Justin, five or five six. Five or six, Justin, go. Just five or six. Five. Breath. Five. five is Maurizio Pochettino at Newcastle. Not no. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed we've stopped commenting at all on how they would actually do. We just have acknowledged that we. <laughs> well, you might have thought this was a pointless task, but here we are at the end. Jurgen okay. Klopp has got Everton. Ooh. Ah, that's, there's a, a, a cosmic poetry to that. There you go. You <laughs> thought you were just saying names. Yeah. Anyway, right now you pulled my game apart. Let's give this so-called fact of yours. Uh, that you were actually lyrical about earlier on Twitter. Yeah, I'm uh, not now. I've I, I told about ten people this fact today. I'm going to go around and tell them it was all a lie on Monday morning. Oh, come on, friends, don't fight. This is, this is what I happened it? to me just Yes, say okay. it. Okay. This was an amazing but, fact. Okay, so John Tyler was the 10th president of the United States. He was born in 1790. So, um, let's multiple centuries ago he had two grandchildren and they are both still alive today pow so how old how old are the grandchildren they're very very old um <laughs> now i told this i told this fact no to shit. my brother and my, my brother is a is a is a very analytical and numbers oriented person who's a computer scientist and he's he's getting an advanced degree and he's working in the field of artificial intelligence and he immediately responded back to me that it's not that unusual uh just because of sheer numbers, there's there's bound to, this is bound to have happened, and so it has. But um, essentially, what happened is John Tyler had a son when he was very old, um, sixty three or sixty four. Then another one when he was seventy one, and then those, and then and then, uh, no, sorry, he had one son when he was sixty three, and then that son. Waited until he was something like sixty-eight or seventy-one, and he had and seventy-five, wasn't it? Yeah, and then he had two, two, two children, and that they were born in nineteen twenty-four and nineteen twenty-eight, respectively, and they are both still living today. And so the 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 uh, the fact that you could walk up to somebody, somebody could walk up to you today and say, "My father was eight years old when the war started." And you would say, oh, what, World War Two? And he'd say, no, no. And you'd say, World War One, And he would say, no, the American Civil War. <laughs> the... There was a woman that died last pretty... year. There was an American lady who died last year whose father was a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not that long ago, is it? No, I mean, I mean, I, there's, a, there's a website that will... Uh, you put your birth year into it, and it will tell you what events in the past are closer to your birth year than the current year. Um, and so for me, having been born a very long time ago in 1966, things that we think of as really ancient history, like the Russian Revolution, are closer to my birth date than today. Um, 
certainly certainly things even more you know even, that that's right about the edge but um it's, well, it's kind of spooky for this, this year uh the berlin wall has been down longer than it was up yeah just think how much longer it would have been down if ryan was in charge of it <laughs> Ryan doesn't actually remember any of these things though because he's five years old he's exactly. so young that's exactly it yeah right guys uh, Twitter handles because uh, we've reached the end of our podcast um, Ryan if they want to follow you on Twitter how do they do that it's at the Ryan Goodman Justin if they want to follow you how do they do that it is uh, Keepers Union uh, with an underscore between Keepers and Union okay and Jesse if they want to follow you how do they do that that's a great uh it's at <laughs> jesse loche well done uh yeah. no idea if there's a show this sunday i'll not have to ask at rossbell 1984 about that one um the man of the post you can subscribe or follow us on itunes uh, follow us on acast um and they will all land happily into your inbox if like me you're in pc world yesterday ryan you can go uh and change all the uh ipads and subscribe to man of the post in the store there before we get thrown out like i did um and it will all land happily into your inbox. Uh, thank you ever so much, guys. Thanks. Thank uh, you. Come on, didn't say thank you. Oh, oh yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and always remember to keep your man in the post. <laughs>